You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun today. I'm so happy to be hosting a special edition of All Creatures Kids. Today, I'll be talking with Kylie and Bailey. They're both from Nashua, New Hampshire. Kylie is going to be focusing on the cute and curious chicken, and Bailey will be talking all about the fierce and majestic lion. So, Let's get this All Creatures Kid podcast party off to a roaring start. Welcome to the All Creatures Podcast Kids Special Edition. I'm super excited to introduce my first guest today, Kylie. Kylie is speaking about a bird that's near and dear to my heart, and she is going to be a chicken expert today. So hello, Kylie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so happy we're going to be doing chicken talk today. It's super exciting. Yes. Now, first and foremost, Kylie, how old are you and why did you pick the chicken? I am 14 and I picked chickens because I, in fifth grade, my friends and I were taking care of a different friend's chicken while she was out, or coop, while she was out of town. And we decided to try and hatch the chicken eggs. I had one egg. It didn't work out, but she got three chickens from it. And so ever since then, I've been asking about chickens or asking for chickens, and they're my favorite animal. Awesome. I know I've been asking John for chickens for a while, but I don't have any in my backyard. Do you have any in your backyard right now? I don't. It's not. It's been a good five, four or five years strong, and it hasn't happened yet. Well, maybe this will prove to your mom just how far your love of chickens yeah. goes. I think this might be, this might seal it, the deal here. It might be uh, the one. Because when I worked at the zoo, I was super lucky and I got to work with chickens and I found out just how cool their behavior is and how fun they are to work with. And of course, we got to hatch chicken eggs and I fell in love. I remember there was this bantam chicken named Buffy. And she had the, mm-hmm. the, the feather on her feet and she was just so charming and she was very sophisticated for a chicken. Ooh. Even when she would eat mealworms and crickets, she was very, she's just a classy girl, Buffy, the, uh, the, <laughs> the bantam chicken. So yes, it's going to be a fun podcast. And I have to ask you if you have a favorite type of chicken, cause there's all different types of right. chicken breeds, right? Yes. So I used to research a lot. There was, there was many presentations going into trying to get chickens. So I really like silky chickens. If you've ever seen those, they don't really look like chickens. They're little puffballs. Oh, please describe them. They're just fluffy. They look like a marshmallow. They like to be held. They're teeny little things. 
And then I also like New Hampshire Reds, which are bigger. They're more bread for meat. And then not that I would eat them, but that's what they're made for. They're a variation of the Rhode Island Red, and they're a really pretty red color. So those are my favorites. How many breeds of chickens are there? There's like a lot of them, isn't there? Um, oh, she's showing me a picture. <gasps> Is that the silky right there? Yeah. I'm in love. Sign me yeah. up. Ah, they're so cute. Oh, wow. That's I'm awesome. Not sure, honestly, how many chicken breeds there are. Yeah, here, let's take a guess. I wonder, uh, if I had to throw a number out there, I would say 16. I don't know. I have no idea. Are you Googling oh, I'm it? Get, I'm going like over 200. I'll Google it. Oh, okay. You're the chicken expert, so let's see. <laughs> I don't, I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Breed. I'm wrong all the time. Trust me. It's part of the fun. <laughs> um, let's see. The American Poultry Association recognizes 53 large chicken breeds. So Awesome. So we're kind of in the middle, 53. There we go. Excellent. Well, I wish there were 200, right? That would be fun. (laughs) Learn them all. All right. So let's get started learning a little bit about chickens today. Uh, I have to ask the question, do chickens fly? Um. It depends on the breed. They're not very, they're no birds. They're not going to be like soaring across. They can jump off something and land okay. And flutter down. Mm-hmm. Nothing too thrilling. And what does your typical chicken eat? Like what do they like to eat? So a lot of people give their chickens feed from farms or pet shops, but they are omnivores. So they'll eat fruits, vegetables, grains. They eat pretty much any food scraps you give them. They like their foragers. They like to forage around. Dirt's really good for them because it contains grit, but they'll pick out worm, worms and any seeds they find in the dirt too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that's mainly what Yeah, they I feel like you always see them in the backyard like pecking right at the ground. Yes, and if you have a garden, it will be ruined if they're free range. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. Yeah. Good to know. You got to like that's cage awesome. up the garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love well because they're omnivores, right? So they love yes. the insects, but they also love fruit as well. Plants, and, yeah. And with all your years of studying and loving and researching chickens, <laughs> trying to get some in your backyard, uh, what are some of their cool behaviors or fun facts that you learned about them? So, what's something cool about them is they're very social. So they have a pecking order, and basically, this order is like who they bully below them, essentially. And they know when a new chicken comes in, where that chicken goes in the line based on who that chicken pecks and who pecks that chicken, right on the neck usually. And this determines who's first and last to food, water, and dust bathing areas. And they usually follow that order. They don't try to go in front of anyone else. So Another cool thing is that they have their own language, essentially. There's 24 identified chicken noises. and Whoa, 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 wait. What? It's not just like cluck, cluck, cluck or cheep, cheep, cheep. There's How 20, many was that again? 24. 24. Yeah. Keep telling and- me more. I'm fascinated. I love vocalization and social behavior. <laughs> So these can allow chickens to notify each other about other predators. Roosters use these to attract hens and they can update each other. If you throw 
your leftover watermelon rhymes into the coop. They'll flock and make certain noises to notify each other that that's there. So that's what they so use are their they, noises for. Yeah, so they're they're pretty smart, right? I mean, I know we always think of like for birds, we think of like parrots or ravens and crows is right. really smart. But they're a pretty underestimated smart animal. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. yeah. I've seen some zookeepers do some cool training with them, like target training them to go to different places. And yeah, yeah I definitely think you're right. I think they're underestimated. Maybe. Another cool behavior is when picking mates. Hens have a lot that goes into the decision making. They actually look at the comb is what's on top of the rooster's head. And they mm-hmm. look at that. And the more red it is, the stronger the immune system of the rooster. So they take that into factor and they also look to see if he provides food or if he just attacks and they look for someone who provides. I think that's a really good take home lesson. You want a partner that's healthy (laughs) and shares. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Words eat. These chickens are smart, right? That's the checklist. Mm Mm-hmm. And now you mentioned that they need to eat dirt for grit. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? What's this dirt and grit for? Um, I think just like we need certain nutrients, they need the same, and grit happens to be one of theirs. I actually learned that from the friend who had chickens because they probably looked into it as their chickens continued to eat all this dirt. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I thought it might have something to do with the fact like it helps their stomach digest stuff. Like it moves it and their crop, I think croup. That crop, might be right. Yeah. Crop, croup, crop. I forget which one it is, <laughs> but yeah. So it's really their digestive, uh, the way they get nutrients from food is, is really interesting and obviously very important. Like you mentioned. And now Kylie, with all the chicken species that we've kind of talked about, like with the silky and the bantam and the others, obviously there's a lot of chickens around, right? Uh, but I was wondering, are some of these breeds, either endangered or I know sometimes with domestic animals, even though they are domesticated, their numbers can be lower and uh, it can be a concern. Did you find anything about that with chickens? I did actually find something which I was unaware of too, because I just assumed they're bred, they're on farms, there wouldn't be any Mm -hmm. endangered. I might mess up saying these names, but I guess. Welcome to my world, my friend. (laughs) I mess up all the time. Okay. In critical condition, there's the campine chicken, which Mm -hmm. I've actually seen before. They're not very docile. They're more, they're loud. They're obnoxious. They're not your friendly neighborhood chickens that would stay quiet for you. And they're very interesting looking with orange Mm -hmm. and big black eyes. Oh, pretty. And then there's also the Lafletch and the Holland chicken in critical condition. And then in threatened condition, there's the Aseel, the Kabalaya, and the Favoral chicken. And then just some to watch out for are Ancona and the Buckeye chicken. Wow. So that's what I've found. Very interesting. So, yeah, so chickens need to be, like you said, we need to keep our eye on certain breeds of chickens. Oh, so Kylie, uh, Zach's coming in here to say hi, but I want him to, he actually has a really good chicken noise. Zach, do your chicken noise in the muck. Wow, Zachy. 
He's that's professional. Pretty accurate. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, he's I, been practicing. Like I, I ask him to do anything, and I, that's the noise I get. So it's real fun. <laughs> he, puts, he puts the work in. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, awesome. So, okay, Kylie, I have a really important question that there may or may not be an answer to. Which do you think came first, the chicken or the egg? This is such like an inevitable question because I feel like either one, you need the other one. I have to say egg because what if a different animal laid it somehow, something went wrong? I don't know. I accept your hypothesis. I think it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. I I think you're brilliant. I appreciate you talking to me today all about chickens. I love chickens. And if if you've never worked with them or owned them, um, now is the time to start. They they have such personalities. And as Kylie mentioned, they're very social. So they usually need a friend. If you do have one laying hen, you should probably have two. And you got to protect your garden. And there's other things, but there's a lot of amazing websites and groups out there that can help people that are interested in having delicious eggs in their backyard. And then you get to watch all their fun, silly behaviors between the the hens. It's awesome. Their poop can fertilize. And their poop fertilizes. Very good. Exactly. So now, Kylie, uh, I know that uh, you do a little of your own journalism and interviewing in your fury time, but uh, have you decided uh, what you think you want to be when you grow up? Um, Besides the chicken owner. (laughs) I really like people. So I either want to be a teacher, which has always been on the list since I was younger, or I would like to go into hospitality. I haven't decided which, but. Well, you've got all the time in the world and you're going to be fabulous, whichever you decide. You can even do both, right? Teach throughout the year and then do hospitality in the summer and then 24-7 own those chickens and sell your chickens. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been so great talking to you and you take care and and perhaps I'll have you on the podcast again, covering another species of bird, maybe. Who knows? Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And now my next guest is going to be talking to us about lions, which are a house favorite by most people, whether you watch cartoons or you go to your local zoo, there's nothing better than seeing a pride of lions. So Bailey, welcome to All Creatures Kids Special Edition. Hello. Thank you for being here today and doing all the research to teach us all about lions today. You're welcome. Lions are my by far my favorite animal. Awesome. Um, they're fierce and powerful, but they're also very social. Um, so they live in prides, which is like a group. It can get up to about 40 lions, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom always told me that I was the bravest of the brave. And I feel like that kind of relates to the lions because they're like the king of the jungle. Some people call them. Yeah, they really, they're just so iconic and so beautiful. And I'm really glad that you picked the lion today. And I'm glad it's your favorite lion. Yes, favorite animal. (laughs) Yes, yes, your favorite animal for sure. And so obviously most people know what a lion looks like, but tell us some of the distinguishing features that make you fall in love with them. 
So I think most people, when they think of lion, um, they think of the big mane that they have right around their head. Um, and something that I found out is that lions are actually the only kind of cat, see if I can find the word, that the females and the males look like completely different. So, yes. Um, I don't, I can't find the word, but the I, male. Uh... Mm-hmm. It's called di- uh, sexual dimorphism. Yes, I yes, I mm-hmm. had it as my little mm-hmm. vocab. Where yes, it's, that's um, your, your vocab for the day. I love yes. It. So they, so the the males have the huge mane um, around their head, and it can kind of go down their neck and onto like the beginning of their back. It mm-hmm. almost looks like they're wearing like a little jacket. I thought when I was looking at pictures. Um, and then the women um, have more of like a sleek look. They don't have that mane. Um, and it's kind of like all one color. It's like shorter, um, hair on them. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause yeah, I mean, if you think about it, tigers, both males and females like look the same. Like, if you, yep. you know, unless you're an expert, really can't tell them apart. But <laughs> yep. lions, yeah, it's pretty obvious. So I found that interesting. Um, and then another thing the males have on their tail, they have like, it's called like a tuft and so it's really oh yeah like bushy. a little bushy ball thing. yes yeah. um, and the so the females don't have that they don't no i don't oh, think okay, so cool. they're just yeah. have um like again the short fur along their tail mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah and where where do lions live so the African lion um, obviously comes from Africa, and I think that's where most people kind of assume that all lions live. However, the Asian lion um, is actually found in India, and I I might pronounce this wrong, but the Jur Forest or the Gur Forest mm-hmm. um, is where the Asian lion is found. Um, and I had no clue that that was even a place that lions lived. I know it's it's really fascinating because I I don't know if it's Disney or just our local zoos we all are used to seeing African lions and the yep. Lion King and all of that and that's where most lions are from but yeah there's this this population in Asia did you come across anything about the conservation issues with the Asian population is so it big or small It's really small they have um as of 2015, it was around 523 um, yeah, of them, which is, yeah, and that's due to a lot of um, the trophy hunting and um, uh, farmers retaliating from, like, lions eating their sheep or any animals that they have uh, or just uh, habitat issues for them. So it did double, I think, it was 2005 to 2015. It it went, they went from about 250 to 400. And then, so they're, they're slowly making their way up there, but are definitely on the endangered species list. And now what about the African lion? How are they doing? The African lion, I, so when I first had looked this up, it said 20,000 population, but I'm pretty sure that was for overall lions, just in general, that no specific species. Um, Mm -hmm. I, not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure better than the Asian lion as far yeah, as that goes. Yeah, I think the numbers are around there. It's, it's hard to make total estimates, but yep. are, but I do think there is not a lot of them. Like even if it is 20,000, that's for all of Africa or like you said, or for all yeah. lions in general, that's, I mean, that's just not, not very many because Africa no. is a huge, huge 
uh, continent. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, they, I know there's a lot of people working really hard to help lions out in general. Cause as you mentioned, I think the African lions have similar issues as far as not a lot of habitat, people yeah. poaching them, um, hunting them, that kind of thing. So, and then a lot of conflict with farmers, but I know there's the good news is there's, I think there's a lot of people that are trying to help them. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. But why else should we, if you, if you're not necessarily a lion fan or uh, what would you say to convince somebody who doesn't love lions or if, if it's, if it's a farmer having a conflict with them, like why should we care about lions? Like why should we save them? They um, live, like I said, they're social. They live in prides. They almost have like their own little family. And I think in some ways they're kind of similar to humans in that way that we all live together in our, we I come from, I mean, Angie come from a huge family with yes. tons of cousins Members. and grandparents and people mm -hmm. who married in. Um, and one thing I read was that for African lions, the females stay in the pride that they were born in. So a lot of them are related and they all know each other and they grew up together and whatnot. Um, and the male usually leaves to create his own, but either way, they his pride is his family. And so keeping them alive, they're just so special and keeping these families together and not killing because like the um, poaching and like trophy hunting, they're taking, whether it's like a male or a female, a mother, a father, and the male's main job is to protect that pride. So without them, we're kind of at a loss. And then yeah, the whole family can fall apart. Yep, which... exactly. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I think that's one of the beautiful things about them is that, yeah, they are so social and just all their interactions and the noises they make, the roars yeah. and uh, just the beauty of them, seeing them in the landscape, they, they deserve to, to be out there. Um, that their roar can actually be heard up to like eight kilometers or five miles away, which I thought was really what? Cool. Yeah. Well, you, you are, uh, really involved with track. That's, that's a long, long distance. It is. It is very, very far. We don't even run that far for our races. <laughs> Nobody we runs run a, that, right? No, we run a 5k. So. <gasps> wow. Wow. It just goes to show like how important it is for, uh, them, him to talk to his family and to yep. talk about his territory and all of that. And so, and I think that the world would be a really like empty and sad place if we couldn't hear lions roaring Definitely. from that many kilometers away. So they're wow. also, they're also at the top of their food chain. So they're, they're called, um, an apex predator. So without them, it'll cause a whole debacle in the ecosystem. And just a lot of other animals are going to reproduce too much. And there's just going to be a surplus of anything, Gazelles. which I know it's sad to yeah. think about them killing them, but it, all it's, works through the way of it's life and the circle of yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they're a big, they are, they're a huge part of that. And, yep. uh, apex predators are key in ecosystems. That's yes. for sure. And now you were so kind to do all this research for me and for prepare. I just was wondering with getting ready for this podcast, what was your favorite part of doing it? 
Um, well, I did watch The Lion King last night. Yes. Just, the, just for the new fun. version the, or I the watched older the one? New, I watched the newer one because I, okay. I saw it before and it's just so good. Um, but I also like to look at the little pictures of them. Probably that was my favorite part. Um, cause the Asian lion actually has a smaller mane. So their ears stick up more and it just is kind of funny looking they're so cute awesome yeah, yeah. and uh, i think i educated myself a little more so i'm gonna have some random cool facts about lines if i ever come across a need for that you you will need them you uh, trust me there's a lot of a lot more animal lovers out there than you think that want yep. that want to learn more about lions and help save them and you're doing more than most. So thank mm-hmm. you for being a conservation hero today for lions. We appreciate your time and I'm so glad that you're here and hopefully maybe you can come back and talk to us about another big cat, maybe tigers. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love tigers. Yes, definitely. You're a lot like your Uncle John. He's a, he's, <laughs> the, he's the big cat guy, that's for sure. So, <laughs> All right, Miss Bailey, thank you for being so kind and uh, we'll see you again real soon, okay? Yes, thank you for having me. Anytime.